Project Tribute Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to aiding our nation's first responders. Our vision and mission is to enhance the life-saving capabilities of our first responders through raising awareness and funding for the life-saving work that they do. Our goal with the podcast is to be an educational avenue and a method for our heroes to express themselves. In the podcast, we will discuss various tough subjects. Some of the subjects may be uncomfortable or controversial. Our guests have the right to share their thoughts and ideas and for our listeners to hear the unedited words of our guests. The Foundation's role is to showcase a diverse array of thoughts and opinions within the first responder community. If you hear something that you do not agree with, please consider reaching out to us at projecttributefoundation at gmail.com and join our podcast. If you're a first responder and you would like to share your story, we truly would love to hear from you and learn from your experiences. Please enjoy this week's show, and as always, like, comment, and share to help us grow. You can find more information at www.projecttribute.com. Thanks, and have a great one. Hello, and welcome to the Project Tribute Podcast. I'm your host, James, and I have my co-host here. Sarah. All right, so today we're going to tackle a topic that um, might be a little touchy, but that's okay. It's something that needs to be discussed. Uh, so today the topic is going to be being a minority in law enforcement and how it helps and or hinders your job. So I'm going to jump right into this one. Um, I'm a male and I am half black and half white, um, but on paperwork and stuff, if there's not a option for mixed, I do identify as African-American um, as my primary trait um, or a uh, race. I mean, um, so when I was looking into law enforcement, I knew from the beginning that this is going to be something that was going to benefit me uh, because there's not a whole lot of um, minorities in law enforcement. And that's not anything malicious or anything like that behind it. It's just that, to be honest, a lot of minorities don't apply for the job. Um, and I do think that ties back into culture. Um, today's culture, especially in the minority communities, is um, a lot of negative things about police. So uh, ACAB, you know, F the police, don't ever talk to a cop, you know, cops get no love from us, you know, stuff like that, right? And when somebody of that, uh, like, when a minority say they're a victim, a suspect, whatever, when they see somebody who looks like them, they're more inclined to have a certain amount of rapport already built up with that officer just because of how he looks. Say what you want about that. Say it's, you know, no. bad, right? Because somebody's, you know, just looking at the color of your skin. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's just the way it is, you know, a, um, somebody on our police force that is, awesome squared away super professional right if they don't look like the person that they're talking to sometimes not all the time but sometimes if i show up on scene looking the way that i do somebody's immediately like oh hey that guy kind of looks like me mm -hmm. right they already have a subliminal level of comfort talking to me over somebody that does not look like them mm -hmm. you know and that's helped me in my career because I'm, I'm able to communicate with people a little bit differently than, and better than other people are, you know, just solely based upon that. 
I said, that's not 100% of the time, mm-hmm. right? But it still does give me a little bit of an edge that um, helps me do my job better, you know? So I think it's something that's really important. Um, and it's it's really tough to get minority applicants to apply um, just because of today's culture. So, I mean, it's something that we, we want. Every police department wants more minority applicants to apply. Um, there's no quota or anything like that. Like we don't, it's not like any agency needs, Hey, we need to have 20 African-Americans here. Yeah. You know, we need to have 15 Hispanics here. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no quotas or anything like that. Um, and there's not even really any affirmative action when it comes to getting hired. You know, I, it may help you a little bit, right? If you're, still on par in all your other aspects but say hey maybe we don't have a minority here at this department yet this guy's just as good as everybody else and he's a minority mm-hmm. so you may get picked over somebody else you know is that kind of a little edger that's not going to be the primary reason obviously because that'd be jacked up but yeah, absolutely <laughs> it may help out your processes just like a female officer absolutely right like hey we don't have any female officers and female being a female is a little bit different because that directly directly relates to the job because a male shouldn't be searching a female suspect you know you need to have a female officer do that so if you're an agency that doesn't have any female officers you're kind of up a creek right yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean you know women and women women and men can do the same job but for sure i mean it's preferred a woman be a woman and a man search a man type thing oh absolutely. so do you run into like issues with being a, a mixed officer or so like would you change that no I, I i definitely wouldn't change it um i'm I'm proud of the way i look and who i am um i i think if it if it hindered my job in any way it, you know it's it's really interesting when you're when you're biracial because certain people that we deal with will want to um assign you which which one you are that day absolutely so it's Have like you been confused on that or do they usually i don't even, say, I, I don't even like, feel like they're confused like they know yeah what i am right but they're wanting to take jabs at me or something so they're like yeah. uh oh you know you're more white than you are black you're gotcha. just a, you know a, not gonna use any racial slurs on here but you're a, a the c word for white yeah. people right yeah or vice versa you know if it's another suspect they might say oh you dirty little n-word you know yeah. no, <laughs> something like that absolutely. we for those that don't know we uh, uh police officers get called quite a few things in the book and um sometimes they use our race you know it's hey it's as long as they're not threatening us, it's their First Amendment right, right? They can, Absolutely. you know, free speech. They can call us whatever they want to call us. Um, we got to have thick skin. Sometimes it can be a little hard, yeah. you know, because uh, you can get you can get pretty frustrated, you know, when somebody's uh, talking about something that you can't change, right? Like yeah. your your skin color and stuff. Yeah. And somebody's belittling you because of that. But I mean, unfortunately, that's part of the job. People say all kind of stuff to us yeah. when they're uh, when we're interacting with them in a negative way, like say we're writing them a ticket or we're arresting them for whatever, uh, and we can get called all kind of stuff, you know. And to a certain extent, it still can be aggravating and still hurt 
our feelings, but at the same time, I'd rather them be calling me stuff rather than trying to attack me or something like that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I got a question for you. I know I, I get this quite often on the streets, especially I know that I look white, um, but I am Hispanic. And have you ever got the, well, I'm your people, quote unquote? Oh, oh, big time. I, yeah. I you know, and I specifically remember one incident that really speaks was like the epitome of that um, was this guy. Uh, I, I don't even remember his name, but say I did, I wouldn't mention his name anyway. Um, but we initiated a, a traffic stop because he was um, suspended, like his driver's license was suspended. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had like an out of date tag. So stopped him on the tag. Um, when we were running his name and stuff, we found out his license was suspended. So, uh, in our municipality, that's an automatic thing. They go to jail for that city offense, right? It's just a misdemeanor citation, but we take you to jail and we tow your vehicle. Uh, that's that's just the way our municipality runs it. Um, so as we're, as we're arresting him, get him out of the car and stuff, and we're being perfectly polite with him. Uh, you know, he he looks at me and he's like, he's like, what are you doing? Why are you on their side? You know, this is a um, an African-American gentleman. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why are you with those uh caucasian officers you know, you're, that you're you betraying your own yeah and it i'll tell you what it aggravated me because i was like man i i'm not on a side you know i'm it is this has nothing to even do with race this is a you know you committed a traffic offense and through our investigation we found out that you were also suspended mm-hmm. In our municipality, you go to jail and you get issued a citation and your vehicle gets towed. That's just the way it is. It doesn't matter what skin color you were, right? Yeah. If you were in the same circumstance, we would have gone the same route with anybody. I mean, you could have been a Caucasian white lady, right? Mm-hmm. We would have still gone this route if the circumstances still fit because uh, that's just the way it is, you know? Yeah. And it, it aggravated me because I was like, man, you know, and I can't remember if I thought this or if I actually said this to him, but I was just like, this is why, you know, in, in our culture, in African-American culture with rap music and stuff like that, this is why the hatred of the police is so prevalent because of mindsets like that, mm-hmm. right? It isn't a us versus you at all, right? We don't go out and hunt for any specific race of person yeah we just do our job and we look at see are you committing a crime or are you not committing a crime and we go forward from there race has nothing to do with it mm-hmm. so when you're sitting there and saying that i'm on a certain team or i'm betraying you because i'm also black and you're black you know that's like you're just uh epitomizing that stigma of cops don't like african-americans which yeah. is not true we, we arrest everybody Absolutely. right Absolutely. You know, and mean. we're perfectly polite always and we're I mean, we have all kinds of people that have cuffs placed on them. There's no specific uh, person or type of person that we're hunting for. We're just looking for crimes that are happening. Absolutely. And then we act on that. Um, So, and just, you know, it's just aggravating because it's like, you know, you want the relationship to get better. Um, Because, I mean, let's be honest, there, there is a strained relationship between officers and minorities. And you know, one one of the ways to combat that is to have minorities become police officers because then mm-hmm. they can kind of see, hey, this is what we do. Uh, 
you know, and not just becoming police officers, ride alongs, community outreach programs, all kind of stuff to show that we are not the enemy. Right. Absolutely. I mean, there's criminals in every single race. Um, we're just trying to make the community safer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that that did. That's one specific moment that I think I'll always think about just because I was. And this individual was calling me like the N word and all kinds of stuff. You know, he's just like it's being weird. extremely it's, vulgar. Yeah. It's weird how that stuff happens. It's weird how that stuff just kind of like plays in their everyday life. And they think that we're supposed to pick sides because, yeah. you know, obviously you're black and I'm Hispanic. So like I ran into a lot of Hispanics that have been like, Oh, well there's never been a Spanish speaker in this department. So they've already treated me poorly. Yeah. You speak and full they, Spanish, right? Correct. So yeah. they expect me to treat them better as a normal plain Jane citizen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I do try to help everybody. You know, I don't, I don't say, oh, you are Hispanic. I'm going to help you more. Mm-hmm. And I make sure that they know that. Like, we obviously try, you know, strive to be an officer by the book. Oh, for sure. You know, we're going to treat yeah. everybody the same. doesn't matter the race or anything like that. And I know that I appear white. I know that, you know, I have green eyes and I have light skin and stuff like that. Yeah. So I get the question asked a lot like, oh, you talk very good Spanish. Where where are you from? How did you learn Spanish? And, mm-hmm. you know, just me telling them like, hey, my mom is full-blood Hispanic. My, bro- my dad is, you know, German, Irish, white male. Mm-hmm. And that instantly builds a rapport with them. So they, they know that I understand the culture. Mm-hmm. They, they understand that I'm going to understand them to the full point. Mm-hmm. And that I'm not somebody that has learned proper Spanish and I'm not going to be able to comprehend them, which there's different dialects in Spanish. And that's one thing that I've learned as a, as a management in, in the restaurant field and as a police officer out in the field, like I have to make sure that I try to talk as proper as possible because my slang and my dialect can offend somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's a lot that comes with who we are and what we are in our culture and what we stand for. Have you had a um, kind of similar to what I said? Did have you had a negative example of a um, I don't like know. to where somebody was like you're betraying us or something something along those lines? I've had a few. One has stuck with me. I don't know if you remember this was was when you and I we pretty much started at the same time and there was a older white male subject and we were in his house and. My hair is naturally poofy and curly and mm-hmm. out of out of whack. It's and what, what's a, your a natural hair color again? It's brown. Yeah, it's like a it's a dark brown. Um, and I remember us standing in his living room, and it was in an apartment, and him looking at me and being like, "You're a female." I said, mm-hmm. "Yes, sir." He's like, "A he's a male officer." I was like, yes, sir. And he's like, do you attend the same training as him? And he was talking about you. I don't know if you remember this. And I was like, yes, sir, I do. And um, I remember him mentioning my hair, black. And then you had spoke up and you said, no, I'm I'm black and she's Hispanic. Yes. You know what I mean? So a lot of people will look at us 
and see that we're different Mm -hmm. and they try to figure us out. They try to judge us off our hair Mm -hmm. or the skin color. You know what I mean? Sometimes, I mean, both of us were mixed, so we'll get darker in the, in the summer. So in the summertime, I feel like we would deal with that a little bit more often, but Mm -hmm. I mean, even through the winter times, like you can tell people are judging us off the way that we look. Oh, for sure. Which is good and bad. Yeah. From what I've experienced. What, why do you think that, um, a lot of, we have a hard time, like, not even at just our specific agency, but agencies across the um, United States have a hard time um, recruiting minorities. The only departments that I've ever seen that have like dead even or the majority or minority officers are municipalities, counties, or states that have a huge population of minority people. So like, uh, so like for example, if you went to um, like uh, Detroit, Michigan, right? A huge percentage of their police department. I haven't looked at any specific numbers or anything like that, but just from things I see them post and images of them, it looks like a huge percentage of their department is minority-based. And if I remember correctly, that city is also has more minorities in it than it does like uh, Caucasian people, mm-hmm. right? So why do you think it's so hard for us to recruit minorities in areas that maybe they're not a large portion of the population. Honestly, I think it goes back to our culture and our beliefs I think so too. and, and really thinking into that. Like, I mean, l- let's, let's set aside you and I. Okay. And, and our department, we're very different in many ways. I mean, even you and I, we're, we're both mixed people and we still have, a different culture, obviously. You're black, yeah. I'm Hispanic. Yeah. So I think it's especially for Mexicans, like we we've been the same for so long and we have our culture and our beliefs that deep down inside will never change for anybody. Mm-hmm. And I'll never change when you know my parents taught me wrong for right, and it may be different from a different race. Mm-hmm. And I personally can see how you and I have stood out in the department that we're in right now. Yeah. Just being mixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I have tried to get, um, cause I have a lot of friends that are, uh, African American, uh, Asian, Hispanic. I have a ton of friends and I've tried to get them to apply. And it's just always like a, dismissive kind of it's interesting it's like a kind of a dismissive like oh, I, I could never do that and i'm like why like why why couldn't you and it, it's never a specific answer Basically. it's always kind of like a just broad oh i could never do that i could never be a cop and it, it's never like a specific why couldn't you do that do you know what i mean like apply or I've also tried to get people to come do ride-alongs too, like especially people that aren't fans of the police. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, <laughs> I haven't had a single one of my minority friends ride with me, you know? And it's like, why not? You know, why just have come you, and give it a try. Like, do you think we're going to have you ever asked have you hard take it to jail or something right. like that? You know, like that's right. not how it works. Well, I mean, it's kind of like Hispanics. I've ran into a lot of Hispanics in our community and, you know, they can definitely tell I'm bilingual. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can always tell like one officer had called me like a week ago and she said, Hey, can you translate? I was on the West side of town. You of all people know that we are assigned districts. So mm-hmm. I was on the West side. She was on the East side. And I was like, yes, ma'am. I was like, I just arrived on this traffic stop. I'll take a step back. You know, there's other officers here. So everything is good. And I started talking Spanish to this subject and he, I could tell by the tone of his Spanish that it was not his first language. You could tell it was like maybe his second or third yeah. because of the twain behind his Spanish. Ah, and, I see. Okay. Uh, we started speaking and he spoke very little Spanish. And then he got to the point of saying in Spanish, like, I don't really know very much Spanish. Ah, and so I okay. got on the phone with that officer. I was like, ma'am, like he stated he doesn't know very much Spanish. And I can tell by the twang of his Spanish that he does not. He's not lying. He sounds yeah. like a red dot Indian, like a different language is coming through. Mm-hmm. And so I was unable to communicate because only know two different languages. And so, you know, that was kind of a an odd thing. Like he, he stated he talked Spanish, but I was able to communicate to a specific point and realize that okay it's not a different dialect i can tell by the the twang of of it that Mm -hmm. it's his maybe second or third language that he's barely learning does that make sense so when you when you speak a different language you can tell like like when a you know an an english speaker tries to start talking spanish they they have this twang Mm -hmm. like Como estas instead of like yeah. como estas mm-hmm. like that you know there's a different twang to it where only us like yeah. we can comprehend that does that make sense yeah no for sure uh, and real quick before we close it out the another great point on that um, for example when somebody only responds to like when you talk to them a certain way mm-hmm. so like uh, you're not being vulgar to them but like some people honestly do not listen unless you use, throw in a cuss word or two. No, absolutely. You know, because that's what they've grown up with. And it's not, they don't take it as you even being rude to them. It's, they take it as, okay, this is serious now. Absolutely. Right. And we re- we try not to do that because it looks terrible on video and it, stuff. And it you does, know? but. But some people really only respond to that right if you talk to them professional they think you're a weenie Mm -hmm. and they're not going to listen to you but if you start throwing in some cuss words you know a few they kind of tighten up and they're like okay i'm listening now correct you know and i think that that's something there's just so much to this job that um the public thinks is uh automatically us being like bad or malicious or vulgar or something like that when actually it's just that's the way this person is that's the best way to solve this specific scenario right Mm -hmm. yeah if somebody's not listening i'd rather throw in a few cuss words so they listen rather than me having to go hands-on with this person right absolutely you know because that then there's no use of force there's no risk of this person getting hurt things of that nature so i just i mean just piggybacking off of what you just said i think that's another great point to where uh different people respond to different levels of communication absolutely so i agree all right and with that we're going to go ahead and end this segment uh once again this is the project tribute podcast i'm your host james and our co-host here is Sarah. all right signing off thank you for listening
This podcast is hosted by the Project Tribute Foundation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to aiding our first responders. Thank you for listening. For more information on our efforts, check us out at www.projecttribute.com. If you're a first responder that would like to share your story, contact us at projecttributefoundation at gmail.com. You can find us on various social media and podcast sites by searching the Project Tribute Foundation. 100% of donations are used to save lives while our retail store pays for any of our operational costs. Thank you again, and please be sure to like us, follow us, and share our foundation with your friends. Thank you, and have a great day.